Hello and welcome to the GoldenAgeHorror.com podcast. This is episode 55, Night of the Demon. You can always check out our website, www.GoldenAgeHorror.com, or stay tuned after the podcast for information and show notes. Hello, Andrew. Hey, what's up? Not much, just watched a movie. I think we could do a quick podcast right about it. No, we just watched it. Do you remember? It's like 30 seconds ago. <sighs> yeah, I remember that. All right. Do you want to do uh, a, a recap? No, actually, I didn't. I usually <sighs> say something about the movie first. Say your thing about the movie, like who directs it and who's yeah. in it. Which is like, usually I do that. Yeah, we'll do a bit. But it's only the 55th one of these that we've done. I remember our format every time. You see the one who wants to break it. Let's just do it quick, like just do kind of more of a jazz, you know, like a. It's about a bebop, but it it's about scat. the segments we aren't doing. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. So this movie is directed by Jacques Tournier. Oh, Jack Turner. Uh, stars Dana Andrew, Peggy Cummings, and Neil McGinnis. Um, uh, came out in 1957. It's an adaptation of the M.R. James story, Casting the Runes. Andrew, can you give us a? Plot summary of The Night of the Demon. I believe the director's name is probably something more like Jacques Chouinard. There's a guy who he visits a Satanist in the woods and says, hey, he goes to the... Not Leopard. <laughs> he's every, I forgot Sorry? To, I got to leave the house now. <laughs> Whatever, he goes to his, he goes to Carswell's, who's like an old Satanist, Satanist cultist. He goes to his house and says, I found this letter. The parchment burned. You got to help me. He's like, blah, blah, blah. And so the guy drives away, crashing into a light post because he's driving away from a demon that's trying to chase him down. And mm-hmm. then he gets electrocuted by a light post. Does the demon kill him? Who knows? How do we know? Well, we saw the demon kill him. Did we? No, we saw him get crashed into a light post and the demon step over him. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, this is why I do the recaps. <laughs> yeah, this is why. <laughs> Go on. So anyway, then we were met, we meet our intrepid hero, something Holland or something like that. Holland, Holland, Hondler, Holland, Doctor John Holden. Holden. I knew I had the letters. I just didn't know what order well, I needed to put them in. Hey, that's why you do the recaps. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a, he's a skeptic scientist who's going to prove Carswell is all wrong. And he meets Carswell in the library, and Carswell's like, "Here's a here's a business card that says when you're going to die." And then he also picks up his files for him because he's such a helpful guy. And he actually knocked him over. Anyway, so then he goes to the other guy's funeral, the original man with the car and the demon. And he meets his niece there. And then they went to... then they, But she's very, all in on the devils, mm-hmm. you know? So he goes to Carswell's house where he's holding a birthday party. He's dressed as a clown. And he's making fun jokes and doing magic tricks. White magic and black magic. Mm-hmm. He performs. And his mother's there too. His mother lives with him. Mm-hmm. With this, the Satanist. Yes, his mother lives with them. Inexplicable. So then they're doing that, and then you know they leave, and then they go to research. Oh, there's nothing wrong with the cards. You must have been imagining the the you're going to die message. Just a regular business card. And then the um, he breaks into his house. And then he finds a book of a devils. He gets attacked by a leopard, but it's not really a leopard. It's just really a house cat. So he leaves through the way he came and then gets chased by a fire demon. And then he's like, oh, wait, I have the parchment. Oh, man, it was blowing against the wind. That happened first, actually. That he finds that he, yep, has, yep. he, has, he has the cursed cart parchment. That's why that one caused him to break into the house. And then he's like, I don't know, that happened on like a date with the woman, I guess. <laughs> then 
So he breaks out to Estes. He goes to the, the Scotland Yard. They're like, this is all fake. Meanwhile, Denise gets abducted, presumably, off screen. And then we find out he chased him to a train where she is abducted. And then he's like, here, doc, here, Satanist, here's your coat. And he's like, oh, no, you gave me the parchment. And then, oh, because you see, when he was giving him the files, he wasn't actually being helpful. He was slipping him the, par- the parchment unknowingly. Mm-hmm. And that marks him to be the sacrifice, to be the chosen one. And he's like, oh, no, I've been trapped. And then a, sc- a string takes the parchment away and it runs it down the train tracks. And then Carswell gets picked up by the demon, squished around a little. But then they go, "Was it, it must have been a train. But it wasn't a train. And then they leave and they said, hmm, I should have thought better, baby, it wasn't a train. And then demons are real. And the scientist was wrong. It's better not to know. It's better not to know. Yeah. The end? Mm-hmm. I, my upward inflection applied. Yeah, for the sequel, Night of the Demon 2. No, uh, the, the end of the philosophical debate, demons or science? Yeah, the famous, uh, <laughs> the famous. It was, I think, it was Charles Darwin and um, Cardinal Richelieu who had that. They were every every week they would be for their chess match. Yeah, whoever wins, whoever wins, we lose. I think, I guess, in that situation, uh, Cardinal Richelieu was instead of demons, which makes sense. Demons implies God. Yeah, demons implies God. Yeah, because somebody had to cast the demons out. So, yes, Night of the Demon. Um, did you, I? I assume since you, you haven't mentioned it that you did have not read the M.R. James story. I have not. I haven't. I well. Here's the thing. I read a collected book of M.R. James's fiction. Yeah. Skip over this, this is one. Like one of his most famous stories. Yeah. I don't know if I read the story or not. Okay. <laughs> that's so. That's either an accurate statement or a scalding. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's. I think it's. It's only a statement about the sort of. Uh, care i paid when i was reading the stories right because i think um it's actually it's actually something i've meant to uh, i haven't i don't have it but i it's a i've meant to reread mr james for a while and because he's such so do you know anything about him no mr james is sort of the uh he's famous for writing ghost stories okay he's basically i guess probably probably the most well-regarded yeah most (laughs) well-regarded ghost story writer uh, of the Victorian era, so he's like the father of the modern ghost story in a lot of ways. All right, very he's, he's he's a very famous writer, very foundational, very foundational writer, and he's his prose is considered to be um, still very readable, and his stories are still considered to be very readable. And good. Okay, because a lot of times, I don't want to say a lot of times, but sometimes foundational works you can go back and go, ooh, these things are definitely old. Yeah, I'm, and I'm they sure not reads, used I'm well. Sure it reads like that, but I, I, the only one I think I remember is Whistle and I'll Come to You, but. Uh, I feel like there is some work that has like there's plenty of works that have aged finely. We've watched movies I think that have just aged like they could have come out yesterday. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, so anyway, the, just the background. I I, uh, I am going to seek out the story and read it again because I I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you felt about this movie. I really like this movie. I don't, there's okay. There's stuff about this I really enjoyed. Okay. I was I'm pleasant I was pleasantly yeah. uh, surprised because I did not pleasantly surprised is the ideal way to describe this film. I did not know anything about this movie and it, it I and I didn't even realize that Jacques Tourneau or whatever Jacques Tourneau Jacques Tourneau directed it. He directed uh, Cat People. Cat People, which is also a great movie. This movie is 
uh, a lot smarter than I thought than most movies are from this period. I think. Yes. Um, I'm a big Carswell fan, really. Honestly. Yeah, I'm a, hu- great. I'm a huge fan of everything about Carswell. Like it feels like, yeah, like it's a lot more genre genre savvy than a lot of the films. Yeah, I mean, it it in the the way it builds tension and stuff, it's a lot. It doesn't feel as hokey. It's not it even despite the obviously very primitive special effects. Yeah, I think it does a really good job. It, it's I really like this movie. I really did like this movie quite a bit. I don't. Um, there's, you know, there's some there's. I even, I liked the scene with the seance. I thought that was kind of cool with the guy speaking in tongues for a yeah. second. Um, you know, I think the weakest. It's weird that the shot of the demon is, I think, pretty iconic looking, but yeah. seeing it in motion, <laughs> mm, it's tough. Yeah, it's like very. Excuse me. Is that. No, nothing to do with it. It's just my malware uh, database is out of thing. Oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, no. You just don't want to see the demon move. No, uh, but it, it looks you know, very that, rubbery. That's a that's a pretty cool um, design. It's cool that they. I mean, it looks a little cartoony, but it is clear that those, like those woodcuts that they showed yeah. were real woodcuts. So they were trying to. Let's see what they're trying to do. Like it has a. It kind of has like that snout to it. Yeah. Um, and it, the um, there's a like there's a lot of great shots, uh, a lot of great tension, but then every time something. And this is something that sets, I think, this movie apart from Cat People. Because Cat People basically, I think maybe there's one scene where something truly supernatural seems to happen. But the rest is that Cat People only, it's like only the atmospheric parts of this movie. Where this movie a couple times, mainly the demon, but also the time when the leopard. Yeah. Like, that sort of exposes the, the weaknesses of special effects in the 40s. Especially at a low budget movie. The stuffed cat? Yeah. I mean, the guy's going to wrestle a cat. I mean, wow, this actually came out in the 50s. It came out in 1957, which I already said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's still a low budget movie, I guess. I guess that basically. Yeah, that cat did not look good. <laughs> there was, I can think, I, I guess I can't think of one, but I'm sure there was better uh, movies with better special effects than this. Almost certainly. Yeah. Because I mean, the blob come out. That was like, had good special effects. There. I saw the string on the paper twice, and I wasn't even looking for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it just got naturally got caught by light. It made like a pretty decently sized strand got reflected. So, um, wow, this has a hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, that's isn't that the case with like old movies? A lot of them sometimes based, that, on, based on fifteen reviews. Yeah, like they'll get, basically the only reason people are going back to review them is to review them well. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think with exceptions, I think that's true. Yeah. Um, Martin Scorsese placed *Night of the Demon* on his list of the eleven scariest horror movies of all time. The lead, what was his name? Dan Andrews. Dan, uh, what was his name? Dan Andrews. He was the fifteenth president of SAG. Oh, that's cool. That's interesting. <laughs> Here's a fact for you. Um, and um, uh, and you know the Kate Bush song *Hounds of Love*. Yes. There's a, a sample of this movie in the beginning. It says, it's in the trees. It's coming. And then it goes. When I was a child. <laughs> you, know that, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When she was a child. <laughs> that's how it goes. So that's Kate Bush. Yeah. Thanks for tuning into the Kate Bush cast. I really, I mean, it's very cliche, but I really like running up that hill. 
Yeah, it's those. Deal, deal with God, whichever one is in parent, whichever one is parenthetical. The second part is. Yeah. I wrote, a, I mean, I wrote a whole game, a whole RPG <laughs> uh, set of, not set, what do you call that? Scenario. Scored. Scored? Inspired. Yeah. Yeah. The whole section of it was just thinking about that song. It's a good song. Yeah. It is a good song. Um, so, I mean, that's, I think that's in, 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 in rough summary, I think that sort of covers the the ups and downs of this movie is that I think if you gave it a quick review, it would be like, um, there's a lot of cool stuff in it. It's pretty, pretty, the acting is pretty, um, serviceable. I mean, the lead, I think here's what, here's what I like about the acting is that it's not over the top at all, except for maybe the guy in the, so not the guy in the seance, but the guy in the. Uh, oh, I forgot you even mentioned that guy. The guy who gets revived. Yeah, I mean that's, but that's okay. I mean that sort of meets the moment that it's called for. Yeah. There, there's, so there's a scene where, uh, and it's uh, it's cool how they they set the seed, but they don't. It just shows like the sort of depth of the script that they point out that this guy, um, Rand Hobart was in Carswell's cult and has fallen into a catatonic stupor. Um, and so Holden arranges to uh, hypnotize him and bring him out of his stupor and they give him a drug cocktail of, uh, what was it? It was sodium pentothal and methamphetamines. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, and this is just how you sort of learn the, or you sort of confirm the, internal logic with the parchment and right. giving, passing it back and forth like that's unknowingly and yeah and, and they're and the sort of the guy the uh, guy who plays the Rand Hobart who comes out of the coma is sort of uh, a little bit over a little bit Renfield a little bit over the top but um, for the most part the acting is pretty like even keel low key it doesn't it doesn't get into uh, any kind of scenery chewing yeah Carl is a very very passive antagonist he was, I, you know, I think he probably, I guess he chooses scenery a little bit actually, but I, well, I mean, but like, it's not over the top. Though. No. And, uh, you know, the only, there's not, the script also doesn't really call for them to go too, like too emotional, you know, so that you don't get to see like any great acting in it, you know, no great melodramatic acting, but the fact that no one goes over the top, I think is the important thing right? for a script like this. And, um, it's kind of cool that they didn't really make it into a big love story either. No, it feels like sometimes I feel like maybe that was like a few scenes short of that. Well, they didn't really have any love scenes. They didn't have any love scenes at all. No, there's but no it, romance. It just felt like there's there's it does the thing where all old movies where they have to pair the yeah they have to have a pairing off of right. I th- I feel like it's just sort of a thing. It must have been like in the <laughs> the rules in the contracts. Yeah, like like you know yeah it just seems like they they not even in the contracts like just like there was no such thing as a movie that wasn't <laughs> didn't have a, a, a affirming heteronormative a male female pairing at the end yeah um well since you said we're you kind of close enough like creating like a nice mid natural midpoint of this mm-hmm. if you want to reach in my coat pocket over there uh I'd rather not okay i'll go get it then as is appropriate is it chapter two of frankencrime what no? Why would we have to do a Franken crime? That was an audiobook. This is a letter. This oh. is another correspondence. He's taking a twenty dollar bill out of his out of his wallet and he's handing it to me. 
This is another correspondence from our... As you can see, just a, okay. as you can see, it's another correspondence yeah. from Professor Willywood of the Oxford Department of Mormology. <clears throat> he says, hello, my good fellows. I hope all the podcast is going well. We've, we've broken new ground in the, in discovering the tomb of this is, one second, it's a long name. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. King Akenomenitin, I believe is the pronunciation. What would you say? Um, yeah, that looks right. Okay, yeah. So we've, and but unfortunately, we some of the the older guards believe there is some kind of curse fell upon us. We've lost three interns to this point, but luckily, I brought with son of a bitch. Go on. Brought, <laughs> I'm just listening to your uh, to this letter you're reading. Yeah, clearly, it's pretty uh, important. I brought with you good news from the mummy's vault to pass on to your, to you and yours. <clears throat> Matthew, Andrew, you enjoy some of the holidays. Wait, this is gonna be something religious. You, <laughs> you enjoy the holidays, right? No, I hate the holidays. What about the least of treats that come with the holidays? The list of treats that comes with the, the holidays. You know, the, our special our holiday treats. I, for one, prefer. Every every year, I like to sample in a little we call eggnog. I just put a tiny little bit of sugar on my oatmeal. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to get too spicy. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Well, what about for someone like me who enjoys eggnog? But I don't know what to do with someone like you. They, they go, it goes out of season, so I it's, assume they should all be like. I mean, I'm not advocating yeah. eugenics here, but I assume that everyone who likes eggnog should be sterilized. <laughs> So, no, just so they can't reproduce. Right, 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 right. And make the whole thing just... Well, I mean, reproduction doesn't necessarily prevent... Like, a lack of reproduction doesn't prevent the passing down of ideas to further generations. But I'm just thinking maybe we could also pass down, <laughs> like, genetically... You're saying the Nog gene. The, we could, well, we, first we could cut off the Nog gene and pass, pass down... Um, sort of like a genetic sort of resistance to bad ideas. All right. I don't think ideas are genetic. Um, so which, listen, this sounds well, like... have you ever heard of a meme, Andrew? It's sort of like a... An idea. Like an idea, like a sort of a... Like a know, viral like, idea. Like a viral idea. Well, it's like the smallest unit of an idea. Like there's yeah. a gene. And there's a meme. And there's a meme. And then there's a third thing. Richard Dawkins said that. What's the third one? Isn't Aren't there three? Maybe. Isn't Gene meme and something else? Anyway. Uh, no, that's uh, it's curly. Oh <laughs> Shemp. <laughs> Shemp. Later later he later there'd be Shemp in revised editions. Mm-hmm. But that was only in the footnotes. Well, unfortunately, I don't think our sponsors this week would like to hear that. What that that you're so because our sponsors this week are Bognog. Oh, it's just swamp water? <laughs> no, 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 no. I assume with eggs in it. <laughs> You're not entirely wrong. It's brown brown water with eggs. <laughs> no, there are eggs. And then we see Bognog is a new revolutionary version of eggnog that... It's actually the name of my um, stoner metal band. Bognog? Bognog. It's a pretty good name for a stoner metal band. Uh, no. 
Bognog is the latest in the line of ideal year-round spooky treats. And you, Matthew, can receive Bognog. What's the calorie load of Bognog? It depends. You want to get... Can I get diet Bognog? There is diet Bognog. Diet caffeinated Bognog? <laughs> you... What about, what about dirty Bognog? <laughs> Listen, you go behind the beaded curtain, you can get some dirty Bognog. But if you want some dirty Bognog yeah, soon... I'm less comfortable in my life. I can get you a case of Bognog. Why? Your first case, free. Free. If you go to Bognog.com... Okay, I'm going there. Offer Golden Age. Okay. <laughs> type it in. I and, am. Yep. And then, the first, and then you will receive your first sample shipment of a bunch of little... They're a little bit bigger than baby jars of baby food. It's no, I, what it is, it's a cardboard box. Right. There's just like some bog dogs splashed inside. <laughs> no. It's no. maybe like a third of the way full of bog No, dog. no, Matthew. <laughs> That's if you use offer code, just give me the dog. There's just a, <laughs> this is a like a grocery store bag, a plastic bag. Yeah. Tied up nice and tight at the top. Right. That's the thing. If you don't have a good the offer called Golden Age where you get the nice jars of the samples of yeah. your, your diet nog your no, cafe they nog they the baby food jars out and they put the <laughs> box back inside yes they rip, and they remove the labels and have their own labels and the most important thing but it still has that little uh, bog nog smiling baby head on the top <laughs> well it's printed into the can yeah you can't I mean nothing to be done about that you did put the, the offer code in so they can't give you the trash bag full of uh, <laughs> Swamp water and eggs. <laughs> it's not a trash can. It's not a trash bag. It's a like a standard store bag. Yeah. Well, I mean, pretty soon those don't be any of those left anyway, as you well know. Yeah. Tax them because we are getting rid of those. I actually don't really. I mean, Green New Deal. If I can carry the stuff to the checkout, I can carry it to my car. In my hands, that is. Luckily. Listen, all I know is things were better before. Well, where do you think all the pl- where do you think all the plastic bags are going? They're all going bought up by the Bognog company. And they are reusing them and sending them to your house if you use the bad codes, but you should use offer code the golden age. I've been feeding them all of my turtles. And you're probably wondering, hey Andrew. I don't I don't want to how can you deliver Bognog to my house? What if I'm not there? Does it come in dry ice? That seems wasteful. And I'm here to tell you, no, in fact, Bognog does not need to be refrigerated. Ever. Even after you open it. Does it have eggs in it? Yes. But Bognog's special blend of <laughs> spices and additives requires no refrigeration. I'm going to go ahead and just uh, say no one please buy the Bognog. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm going to go ahead and say go to Bognog, use our alpha code, don't drink it maybe. That's not a non-endorsement, that's just saying leave it up to you and with that I think it's um well, sorry I forgot to <laughs> say their slogan <clears throat> if you want nog get some bog nog mmm you'll be drowning in the flavor of our bogs that's that was a slogan don't, don't, please don't apply the ads. Oh, sorry. We're not that disgusting people. I just get really excited when I hear ad copy. Ad copy. <laughs> I know. Just a lifetime of training. Um, yeah, so I want to talk about Carswell because I am. Do it. I'm the number one car. I'm joining Carswell's cult when I go home. 
I like I enjoyed him as a character as a semi antagonist. There's there's something about the whole I mentioned I mentioned it before we were watching it that it doesn't feel like the Satanist cults of normal films. It all felt like very much like you know turn of the century spirituality and spiritualism. Mm-hmm. Like there was something very like you know upper middle class about it all. Well, um, absolutely, and I think that uh, that speaks to the time in which the story was written. I think yeah. it was written in probably the I don't know actually. Why don't I look it up while you keep talking? So you know your antagonist has like his very kindly mother there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> she, that, she, that definitely feels like after the leopard attack in Carswell is like kind of intimidating him. Very ca- very passively, his mother comes like, "Oh, is everything all right in here, son?" He's like, "Oh, I'm fine, mother." 1911. Yeah, so that's like spirituality kind of kicked around in the 20s was the biggest. Yeah, the spiritualism movement. Yeah. With the, I know you mentioned those. Fox sisters. sisters. Fox sisters, okay. I confused them with the Hill sisters at first. Hill sisters. Where the misers read Happy Birthday. But you're talking about the Fox sisters. I'm talking about the Fox sisters. Who wrote the Ballad of the Bognog. No, that's. <laughs> they were the ones who kicked the tables and called the ghosts. Yeah, I remember. There was a good memory palace, but that wasn't there. I think so. Yeah. I feel there's probably a good, a good something, a few things about them. Yeah, maybe it might have been a lore, but I don't think that podcast is good. So. Oh shit, dude! Don't say that. I mean, it's fine. It's perfect. It's not. Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy it. Matthew was not trying to start podcasts. I'm it's, definitely not. I really. It's just, it's just. I'll just edit that part out. Just because it's just a broad reading of a Wikipedia page. <laughs> With good, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we can't really speak. <laughs> we don't have much more to say. Than I feel like we add our own flavor enough. We, you know, we, yeah, we yeah. give our personal perspective. I'm, the, I'm never looking at Wikipedia, honestly. Yeah, I usually only look at to get the dates and the actors' names because usually the actors are you don't know them. I don't know them, and then um, in this case, there was a couple interesting facts at the bottom. I did share those. I told you. I told you about the, how he was president of SAG. That's interesting. I mean, Boris. Do you know Boris Karloff is one of the founders of SAG? I did not. It's true. That's cool. Yeah, he uh, has to do with. Um, there's a. Uh, you must remember this covers it in a great deal of detail. But there is a. It has to do with the fact that he had to wear the Frankenstein costume uh. for like. Um, unhealthy amount of time <laughs> and his, his work day was like 16 hours 16 hours with the makeup application and he actually I think he injured his back permanently during that first movie and he, so he was, he was like if only there was some way we could well he was I think he and he had been a Boris Karloff didn't become a full time movie actor until fairly middle almost middle age if only there was a, some kind of so he had been a laborer at various union jobs some kind of collective we could form, <laughs> some kind of labor partner joinership we could create. And Ronald Reagan became president of SAG, didn't he? I'm not sure. I think that was what he, he was one of the. Uh, I only, I only, I only went forward from Dana Andrews, not backwards. Well, I assume it would have been forward from Dana Andrews. Well, then he was not. Okay. Well, let me. I'll. I'll Again, yeah, he was. 1941, so it must have been after. Before. Yeah. Better, so that, not that's, a good person to be president of a union. Well, no, you didn't get it infiltrated from the inside. <laughs> yeah, I guess see how, literally that's... See how they work. <laughs> so, well, we're not here to talk about... Ronald Reagan. SAG-AFTRA. Yeah. Um, or I guess in this context, just SAG. I'm here to talk about Carswell. 
Good. Give me some Carswell juice. Uh, I got so much Carswell juice for you. So, first of all, very good goatee. Mm-hmm. Very, like, classic I'm a Satanist goatee. Yeah, very Levain. Right to the point. Yep. Boop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> great great audio audio uh i feel like it i feel like that was understood <laughs> like i feel like i conveyed that point you feel wrong through, almost certainly through my measured pause and then the, the punctuating sound effect i think people could have ima- gentle boop in the, in the distance right I, the universal <laughs> i think people could imagine what, like what i had done with my hands like until like the very last train scene he's always in like a very they're like they're never in like a very they have like opposing like they feel like they have opposing ideologies rather than being like active antagonists with one another Mm -hmm. like they're not he's not trying to doesn't feel like until like he's like oh he slipped me the parchment to get rid of me because he's investigating me perhaps yeah it doesn't feel like these ever they're ever enemies he's never twirling his mustache and tying anyone with the train yeah, tracks. So despite his, um, his, his, despite his appearance, whoop. his, his, it's played a sort of a gentlemanly yeah. debate about, um, spirituality, spirituality and science. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I think him, I mean, he's, I, I really don't think he's that over the top. Like he's a little bit dramatic, but no, he's, I, I, he feels I agree. like, Reasonably dramatic, like dramatic in the way a person would be, not an actor portraying a person would be. Mm-hmm. Like he seems like the guy who would do. He's dramatic, like a if you met a magician in real life, I would understand them to be dramatic. With his, like his, and he's clearly like not portrayed as a villain within the fiction of the world, which is bizarre and like so it paints like the Satanism angle in a weird light. Cause there's like a newspaper headline about like in the very beginning of the film that clearly labels him as like a demonic cultist, mm-hmm. but he's also throwing a party with a bunch of kids at his estate. Yeah. Where he's being a clown magician. Yeah. I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't clear like what, if any, would there's some kind of public perception of him as a Satanist? Or right. What were that, um, all that has to do. I, I don't. I don't get that. Really understand that. But it uh, seems like in the in the world where Satanism is like a different school of thought. Like there's no satanic panic in this world. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's how it was supposed to be. I just think we're not getting what they were throwing down. Were they throwing much down though? Yeah. I mean, maybe they just didn't throw it. Maybe. Maybe it's not something they. You know, I guess. I guess my. My thought was that he um, might have been a Satanist, but it wasn't like public knowledge. It was just something that. But there's that whole some people knew. There's that new. It was a like that newspaper. New newspaper, right? yeah. Okay, I don't know that. <laughs> and then like in that paper he burned, unless he got an early edition that never went to print. Yeah, it was like Carswell called to be investigated by leading scientist or something to that effect. I don't remember what the exact headline said, but it was more or less that. So I guess the uh, production of this movie was. Are you sorry? I didn't mean to RKO. Yeah, it was. Uh, was it? Um, but um, it was. There was some dispute about the way the this movie. Uh, 
should go, like uh, as far as the demon. What do you mean? So like the director and the star, uh, Jacques, Jacques Tournay and Jacques uh, Dana Tourne. Andrews. Or was it Dana Andrews? Dana Andrews, yeah. Neither of them wanted the demon to be in the movie. Okay. But the uh, studio insisted that the special effects be inserted. It looked very... Once you see the thing in motion, it looks very studio. I mean, I thought... from If you watch like the first 10 minutes, you expect a much different movie than what comes out the last hour 20. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I am sort of um, of two minds about that. What do you Now, what do you think? Do you think... Just snap judgment. Do you think it'd be better without the demon? I think it'd be better with <laughs> less demon. Yeah, I think, I think demon in the distance is the best amount of demon. Yeah, I do think. I think yeah, that's probably a good way to look at it. You just see too much of the demon. Yeah, it like demon in the distance is like when you see it like far way far out in a shot, it looks good. It looks like oh, this is like a well done thing. When you look it up, it's very. But when it zooms in on the face and it does it snarling, it's very like rubber mask mm. goofiness. Which, when I saw it at the beginning, I'm like oh, we're in for a ride, and then we weren't in for a ride. It's like we got into a roller coaster and it went up to the. It pulled us. You know, we went up to the top of mm-hmm. the peak, and then the roller coaster stopped, and we all got off. And I'm like oh, okay. This is just a regular movie. Like, you know, the the demon at a distance isn't much worse. Like, it strikes the same kind of um, figure as something like, was like Koroneko with like the, the ghost woman way off in the far off in the distance. Yeah. Where it evokes a very similar feeling. But also, then it pulls up and it's like this goofy B movie. With his dumb, rubber, it, does, it definitely does sort of. Uh, with his dumb rubber wolf mask, yeah. I think I think I basically completely agree with you on the. Uh, oh, what, what <laughs> it was what I call him, like the Haxon Haxon Devil on a bad day or something to that. Yeah, it, I mean it, it's not a good look too when your uh, your your movie in the nineteen fifty seven doesn't look as good as a movie that came out in nineteen like twenty something. <laughs> right, Haxon came out. Um, but. Here we are. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. What, you know, I don't know about the relative budgets of those movies. Uh, it, you know, sure. But I mean, some some of that is in costume design and knowing your own limitations. Yes, I think that's exactly right. I think, and and they probably took, and, and it probably speaks to the way the uh, special effect was created. Yeah, because if it was something that was sort of slapdashed in after the fact, right? Whereas Haxon was like a thought out. It was part of it. Yeah, it wasn't something that was done sort of like to get it done and it's stuck in the movie real quick yeah but anyway like I mean I think the fire honestly like looked fine I'll, I think parts of all of it looked fine I just think the actual like trying to show I mean they show too much they got like a full on shot of that demon like right at the beginning right at the, right at the beginning but all yeah but I mean like it's like you see the whole thing yeah you see it moving around so you, Poorly. Need, so you need to have like a fully articulated stop motion thing yeah, and the, you know this. It doesn't even move as well as King Kong. I don't think in the thirties, King Kong. No, and, and at the end where he's smashing cars, well, it looks like later era. It looks like later era Godzilla. Yeah, where this is like looks like clearly it's like some dude in a suit mm-hmm. playing with a doll, which I mean it probably was. Yeah, I mean I don't know that. Well, certainly that last one definitely. Yeah, I don't know how else they would do that. <laughs> which did not look. good. I guess they could have summoned an actual demon. 
Huh, have movie studios really can I I don't know if any movie studios are actually actually considered that possibility. It's right there. Just summon actual demons. I I'm positive if if such a thing if they thought it was possible they would definitely would do it. Just to, make sure to, you to make a buck. Make sure you put a big circle around the lot so the demon can't escape. And for you know, for all the compared to the other movies, there aside from the one catatonic guy, there mm-hmm. wasn't a cult in this movie. No. Or like any cult behavior. There was very little like references to the actual existence of the I mean the as far the cult existed. Mm-hmm. That's insofar as they referred to the cult. Was that it existed? Yeah, there really wasn't much I guess there really wasn't any example. There wasn't any. There was no ritual. There was no cult at all, except for Carswell and that guy. Yeah, it just seemed to be like Carswell's personality was the main cult. So that that sort of brings us to uh, the uh, the um, rules, the Adam Scoville folk horror rules that we've gone through. A couple all times. right, let's go. So it's, we got, it's got devil shit, woods. <laughs> So, is a work that uses folklore, either aesthetically or thematically, to imbue itself with a sense of the arcane? Yeah. Or eerie, or uncanny, or horrific purposes? Yeah, I mean, it literally, literally has wood, old wood carvings. Yeah. A work that presents a clash between arcania and its presence within close proximity to some form of modernity. That's the exact plot of the film. Yep. And a work which creates its own folklore through various forms of popular conscious memory. I mean, yes. Sort of. I mean, none of that stuff is... Like... I don't think this, like, passing the rune thing back is, like, all this stuff is, like, sort of, like, it's sort of a, what do you call it? Potpourri of uh, different ideas. Right, right. So, I guess in that sense, that's true. I don't know what it invented, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure either that, you know, what's, what's taken from what and what is... Not taken from what? Yeah. Yep. Did you have a chance to uh, enjoy any other horror-themed entertainment? In the past couple, maybe yeah. six weeks, whenever we recorded the last podcast, um, I don't know if I did. Wait, what, what was I going to talk about? Oh God, you gonna not? Like, yeah, it was not directly was. related. But so, like. actually, I've I've watched a ton of movies, um, and uh, I've watched a ton of movies basically since the last time uh, we recorded. I had like a yeah, the week off for the holidays I watched a bunch of movies then more than more Matthew, than normal please. many more than normal movies the wars are over you can call it Christmas <laughs> we've won <laughs> we've had our season before we finally won we, <laughs> we can call it Christmas because the word Christmas long longer has meaning we're saying Merry Christmas again um uh yeah so I watched uh the, what I want to specifically recommend is uh, a movie on the Criterion channel called uh The Demon Seed okay which is certainly something we could do on this podcast Someday, maybe. If, I'm sure it won't be in the Criterion Channel for long. But it's by uh, Donald Camel, who did um, Performance. And maybe that's it. But um, that's a good movie. Performance is a good movie. And um, he did it with Nicholas Roque. Right. And uh, Demon sees about a computer that uh, gains sentience and takes over a smart home. All right. And it's uh, probably from the early 80s or late 70s well it's the, the it's on part of the 70s sci-fi collection so, so it's probably in the 70s probably in the 70s <laughs> it's a great collection too it's got um like dark star th1138 yeah thx1138 um soil green 
Yeah, okay. I think I, I, think I read what was in those because all, yeah. all of those sound familiar. Death Race, 2000. Yes, I'm pretty sure I read what was in this list. Yeah, whatever that James Conn movie is, I'm blanking on that one. But, um... <laughs> that's like Rollerball or whatever. But, uh... Death Ball? Death Ball. <laughs> that, that, you know. But Demon Seed is good. It's a good movie. And, um... Uh, also on the Criterion channel, there's a movie by Brian De Palma called The Blowout. Right. which was on there for a little while. It's a sort of a serial killer thriller. Okay. John Lithgow plays a serial killer. Oh. John Travolta plays the hero. Ooh. It's uh, pretty good. And it's got one of the most uh, depressing fucking endings I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> and um, then in the sort of not recommended category, watched uh, the Netflix Ooh. Dracula. The BBC Dracula. Oh, okay. But then uh, it's like... Netflix producer or something? Uh, Netflix has American distribution, I assume, is how that works. Right. But I don't know how whether they gave money for it. It's going to be about six hours long. It sounds like you well spent. Just three episodes of it. I didn't... Yeah, you know, I watched... I um, um, I didn't watch it on my own time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I watched it on Company Dime. Nice, dude. So, um, and not by choice either, frankly. So... <laughs> uh, so you're saying would not recommend no nah, not really it's got uh, cool ideas but um, some lacking in execution ah that old demon <laughs> yeah what about you any uh, any scary mangas <laughs> please don't disrespect me like that your fucking tone read any scary animes <laughs> I'll read all your scary <laughs> Anyways, I was actually looking to see if I'd add any. You just talked about the Mounds of Madness one. Yeah, I read the I don't know if I read that recently or since then, but I have read that the what, Go Tanabe's adaptation of the Mountain of Madness. I actually am. I will probably try to read that sometime myself. It's pretty good. Because it got really great reviews. and It's like, it's, it's, it's been on my radar for a little while, actually. I can just lend it to you. I own if you it. have it, I'll take it. I'll borrow it. I can give you his. He also did a short story collection that had like the Hound. Or is it just called The Hound? The Lovecraft story? There's a, yeah, there's one called The Hound. Yeah, so that's sure. part of it. And then a bunch of other short stories. That's cool. They're well, like. Manga publishing is in a very good spot right now. Mm-hmm. It's getting into a much so it's basically it's lots fun. of scary mangas. No, no, I'm saying it's getting to a spot where they're starting to publish the good shit. Ah, or I wish I could do a comic podcast so I could talk a lot, a lot about comics. You can definitely do a comic podcast. But I mean, I would need people to do it with. I told you I'll do it with you. Would you do it with me? Yeah, I'm not going to edit it or do anything else with it, but I'll talk about comics absolutely. Okay. I want to do a book club, basically. And sh- my, we've talked. I mean, I've, I've yeah. multiple times I've said I'd do it with you. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll just say it and we'll start doing it. Yeah, because um, I also want to do like a very guided tour through it, like if I could, because I, I like the idea of like guided paths through things, where you know you have try to create a through line the best you can, kind of like we do with this podcast, have like thematic pairings. Yeah. Anyway, my short rant on that is basically, when I say the good shit, I mean, I feel like because distribution is wider and people are getting into more niche, niche, niche things and Kickstarters are allowing people mm-hmm. like the to, bug- to translate and release. Yeah, the Beguiling if you, is like a kind of famous store up in Toronto. Sounds kind of familiar, but yeah. I don't know. They Toronto. just ran a Kickstarter for, to, oh, yeah, okay. to publish, um, to do like translate and publish a manga. So these are like regular comics, but they're from Japan. Right. Is that, is that correct? Correct, correct. They read, they read right to left. <laughs> okay. They, um, they have funny pictures in them. Mm. Big eyes. And there's a lot of like, sort of like... Uh, Slapstick and... 
like uh, sort of like perverse sex stuff. Yeah, it's all it's all sex stuff. It's like it's real. It's kind of like cartoons, but for perverts. <laughs> one might say, if if peanuts were all horny horn dogs. <laughs> yeah. um, so if you want, Andrew's coming out with a new podcast. It's going to be called Cartoons for Perverts. Yeah, it's I, actually already got the Lammy Pajef at cartoons. It's all Fritz the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've ever heard the you've ever heard the podcast Worst Idea of All Time. It's that, but I only watch Fritz the Cat. I'm just don't mind me. I'm just registering cartoons for cartoons for perverts. Okay, right I need to get a domain. Yeah, yeah that's an, I understand. Thanks for helping me out with that. You know how I am uh, about domains. Yeah, it's very helpful that you are getting me that domain. Uh, but the point is there. <laughs> It's available? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, basically, a lot of it, even like, um, a lot of it feels very cut from the same cloth. Like, the same broad stroke. Like, it feels like a lot of them still come from, like, over here, what you would think of as the big two. Like, there still feels very, like, of the Marvel DC house style. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. or that's just because you know the logistics of finding, licensing, localizing, and printing indies is a lot harder there, like in a different culture than it is, say, in the U.S., where you have a lot of smaller press publishers, and some of the smaller press, especially like the smaller, smaller press publishers, like your Piao's or whatever, are also doing manga publishing. Yeah. Pow. I don't know how you say it. P- I don't, I'm not familiar with this. P O W. It's small press. I don't I don't like things that are too small because then I just don't feel like the quality's there. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I feel like it has to go through a certain amount of hands before it's good. Right, right. <laughs> you gotta have a certain amount of money. It has to be yeah. made to a movie. Yeah. If it's if I know the IP is ready to be farmed, then I'm I like, love farming IPs. Give me that. Give um, me that. Sign me up. I also read the second volume of Hubtown Mystery. Okay, Hubtown Mystery. Hobtown Mysteries. Hobtown. Yeah. It's like, um, I guess the short pitch is kind of like, you know, mystery solving teens filter through someone who actually has filtered through like a weird Lynchian lens. Okay, well, that sounds good. Everything you're saying sounds good. And and I, I think I've, I'm very, I've been very vocal on this podcast before how I dislike the use of that term. Lynchian? Lynchian or like Twins Peakian because I feel like people just apply with a broad pen. Yeah. And very rarely actually they miss the themes of it. This morning I couldn't find my teacup. Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of like Twin Peaks. It is. Like, where is it? I was like, nothing is what it seems. Yeah. Thanks for listening to episode 55 of the GoldenAgeHorror.com podcast. Do I get, what about our plugs? I'm not done yet. Okay. I'm sorry. We got to get there. Quit jumping the plug gun. First of all, the first plug. I'll put the plug back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have any web design or development needs, check out whalingcityweb.com for more information. You can send an inquiry there. Learn all about how to get your own website. Good website. And you have to speak for you got podcast solution yeah. engineering type stuff. Right. And you don't want to use some other podcasts. But here's here's the thing. In 2020, we're owning our own content again. In 20. We're not, we're not farming it out to big Squarespace. To big Squarespace or whatever. You so know, you make your own your own databases. You own your own code. So this is what you do. Go to go to 
www.squarespace.com slash fuck Squarespace. It will redirect you to whalingcityweb.com. I, I don't <laughs> promise that. But um, listen, actually, in all seriousness, I don't actually have a problem with Squarespace. Don't really occupy the same space as them, frankly. But right. <laughs> they're just giving you, they're like an all in one packet, whatever. Squarespace, fuck, they can advertise themselves. Yeah. Let's not talk about Squarespace. But if, you, if you're looking for something. Let's just call them SS. If you're looking for something a little more um, artisanal, artisanal, whalingcityweb.com. And if you have any um, engineering issues that aren't a whole website, I can also help you with that. We'd like to start taking listener questions and comments on the show. Um, if you have a message, uh, 508-817-3408. Love to play your voicemail. What is that? What does that um, spell out to? That's eight one seven three five. Because I think I think I think got a very fun acronym, right? A very fun word out of that. Yeah, you can definitely work on that. Uh, everyone, right. get out your pens and pencils and your uh, touch t- your, uh, touch tone phones and see what I do. My conception of this is that you call us, you ask us a question, we then play it back on the show. Classic voicemail fashion. Classic voicemail fashion. That's not something you're interested in doing. That's fine. You can just say in the message like, "Hey, don't play my voice." My, the sound of my own voice is, is horrible to me, which is, I have something I have no sympathy for, frankly. I don't like the sound of my own voice. I have, I have edited hundreds of hours of my own voice at this point. I don't give a fuck if you don't like the sound of your own voice. Our phone number doesn't spell anything fun. Yeah, well, suck it. I will. Um, uh, we also have an email address if you prefer to communicate through your email. It's Matt at goldenagehard.com. Yes. Or you can also uh, contact me at Andrew at cartoonpervert.com. And they can go to your house, right? What's your home address? Uh, 123 Cartoon Pervert Lane. <laughs> and uh, Twitter. Hollywood, California. Twitter.com. Ooh. I, I have a mostly uh, on man Twitter, but um, you can message me. I'll, I'll eventually get it. It's the water method. Andrew's is at Pizza Pranks. Yeah. What's up? We're also on Facebook. Um, again, Facebook at this point is completely unmanned, except when a new episode comes out, I go there and post it. Yeah, I get met, I get notifications from Facebook on my phone all the time. I assume that's what it's for. <laughs> yeah. um, if you liked the podcast, I mean, a lot of people like us on Facebook. Yeah, but I don't, we, I don't I want new fans, so I don't want to just right. I don't know what that Facebook means anymore. You know, I had to say it, but it looks like people just really like the. On Facebook, people that's how people are finding the podcast. Yeah. It doesn't look like I have another thing that I have a Facebook page for. Yeah. And the fans on that don't seem on the up and up. The people on the horror podcast page seem legit. Seem like like you go, you click on their thing, you can see like basic information about them. They look like horror movie people. Pumpkinhead fans. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of pumpkinhead pictures. Yeah. Um If you like the podcast, help us out by leaving a Five star review, yeah, full of positive thoughts. We want to. We our our iTunes average is up, yeah, a couple points. I think Ooh. it was had it had room to grow, it started to grow, it stopped growing. Let's. Well, I don't know that it stopped growing, but it plateaued. Let's let's keep it going. Yeah, let's keep up the momentum. That's what I love to say. And remember, it's like either thing. I, I even came up a fun podcast game for it. Remember? Yeah. Yep. Why don't you tell us again? But yeah, you do you remember? Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. The you write short horror you write it, you write it write short horror flash fiction, and then we'll 
we'll, we'll each read it and bring our own interpretations yeah, well, to the I table. Mean, we'll, we'll work with it. Um, yeah. And if and uh, any of you write the horror fiction and we don't, uh, for some reason, don't read it on the next episode, feel free to shoot us a line. Because I never check the iTunes page. I check them, but I, you know... Not, I might not check it right before a podcast. Right. You know, I check them like once a month ish. Yeah. Um, and that month might just happen to be like. It, it, yeah. It might, I might just miss it. Right. Or I don't know how iTunes works either. If your review could get buried somehow, it's only like two or three reviews on there, but. True, 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 true. true. Um, yeah, but uh, the best uh, the best way to follow us is probably to go to the website, goldenhr.com. And subscribe to the mailing list. Yes. Oh, I have to write it in the newsletter. Yeah, you can that'll come soon. Yeah. Uh, Andrew writes handcrafts those newsletters every month. Um, usually they at least mention that we have a podcast, so that's good. <laughs> um, I know what this one's going to be all about. Yeah. Um, but seriously, you should check it out. And they, they're increasingly going to be just about me yelling about talking about music, probably. Cool. Cool. So you can get a free music recommendations while you're there. Free music um, newsletters because I gotta tell somebody about it. I really, I'm, I'm all about Bogwitch these days. No, Bognog. Bognog? Yeah. Bognog. <laughs> Andrew's website is pizzapranks.itch.io. Yes, until the the, uh, the real one gets cleaned. Yeah, clean well, I, mean, it's, I mean, yeah, just let me know what you need to do with that. But yeah, anyway, we'll talk about that some other time. Um, pizzapranks.itch.io. Yeah. Oh, did I mention I'm launching something this year? That's what I was good about, about to prompt you for, but yeah. you go ahead. Yeah, did I mention I'm launching a video game anthology this year? A video game anthology. You know, like fiction has for forever? Mm-hmm. I'm launching one for video games. So right now, it's not for sale, right? It's Correct. Just, it's right? for I'm um, in the submission. Submission. I'm, we are, I am collecting people from the Massachusetts area right now. Okay. Because a friend who I've collaborated with in other projects where like basically he made like a... Um, Kind of like a consignment shop sort of thing mm-hmm. for games, mm-hmm. and he's getting a booth at um, Pax East. Oh, okay. Famous video game convention. Yep. So I'm like, well, I'll make this first issue Massachusetts themed. Well, Massachusetts themed, and put it launch it in that booth. I, there's an artist I met at a punk flea market. I'm going to contact him on Monday and say, hey, would you? I uh, oh, oh, also very important, and this is actually part of the reason I'm watching this is this is all paid work mm-hmm. which I think is very important here's an, to, to cut a short rant and not go into I think video games is broken as a market mm-hmm. I think you can't change it by playing their game you have to fundamentally create a new game to play mm-hmm. and that's what I'm trying to do so uh, our theme music is the Swan Lake <laughs> by Dibology. Uh Thanks for listening again. That website is www.goldenagehorror.com. What's our next movie? Our next movie should be, uh, I'm thinking it'll be Whistle and I'll Come to You. Okay. Uh, we may, depending on availability, we may pick a different movie. It'll be something in the folk horror milieu. milieu. And that's that. Jacques Tournoi. Yeah. And uh, just as I put a pin in it, we're going to watch Cat People at some point and talk about it. Okay. That's great. Anyway. Good night. Goodbye.